Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about the news of the day. But first, got to get to the breaking news of the evening, a sad news to report. Coach John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Right? True legend of the game, the gridiron, throwback coach. And a, a lot of a lot of uh, younger generation know him for, for his game, you know, Madden. But before that, a great coach, a great announcer, Hall of Fame all around, the best to ever do it. Uh, there'll never be another Madden ever. So rest in peace, John Madden. Love you. And uh, got to see him announce a lot of my Cowboys uh, playoff runs when I grew up. And uh, it was great. You know, it was great. So uh, that was a blessing. Got to see him announce a lot of our games in the 90s growing up watching this guy. So shout out to them. And shout out to all you guys in the chat box. This is serious. Cap mode, bros, cap mode in full effect. All right. Uh, not sure if Mike's going to make it in tonight. I, I, I sent him the invite. I haven't heard back from him. I think he got tied up. But if, if he joins up, you know, uh, we'll bring him in here. Um, so, but without further ado, we're going to get into the news of the day and uh, <clears throat> lots to talk about. All right. So, first off, guys, like the, like the uh, thumbnail says, you know, we're going to go over stock report a stock up or down on some of the players we're going to talk about uh, the coaching poaching has begun and we're going to take a, a sneak peek at the arizona game all right we'll talk about some other news and nuggets along the way but first off shout out to everybody in the chat box everybody watching this on the replay make sure you guys pound that like button helps out the algorithm it helps the channel immensely especially through you know this these these times that we're in all right, it really helps out the channel. Okay, guys, so um, as far as uh, the stock report, I, I just want to get a feel for you guys as far as, like, where do you feel certain players are at as we get to the, the end here of the regular season, all right? So just a couple players, stock up, stock down, you know, um, and you can, you can kind of say maybe they're even, maybe not up or down. If you want to be on the fence, you know, you can say that, or if you want to say – to be determined, you can, but I mean, we're already at the end of the season. I don't know if to be determined uh, really <laughs> would serve anything here. But uh, first player I want to talk about is uh, Connor Williams, the left guard. All right, the body of work, the impact on on this uh, offensive line, the running game, stock up or stock down on Connor Williams, the left guard. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the chat box what you think about Connor Williams, stock up or stock down. All right, for me personally, I think the stock is up for uh, Connor Williams. You know what I mean? Mm, had a rough start, probably maybe one of his rougher starts to the season that he's had in his career here, and got got flagged a lot. You know, kind of kind of hurt the team in some of these drives early in the season. But we still were able to manage to win a lot of games early on. So you now they brought him back. You know, Connor McGovern. I thought he would be an upgrade. You know, a lot, a lot of us did. You know. But uh, we, we can all be wrong, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll definitely say I, I was wrong on that one there. So uh, Connor McGovern, I think he still has a lot more work. He, he might actually be better suited as a center. Or maybe he's going to end up being a rotational backup type of player. I just didn't see it from him, you know what I mean? Uh, he wasn't a big detriment to the team, but uh, – you know, you you if you have Connor McGovern in there, you, that's somebody that's upgradable, right? So for me, Connor Williams stock up 
stock up, guys. So let me know what you guys think in the chat box. We got a couple stock ups here as well. I, I love the chat box here. Hey, there's my boy, Cowboys fan 1980. What's going on, bro? What's up, Cowboys blog? One of the best. Yeah, shout out to you, my bro. Yeah, great, great guy. Dallas Cowboys fan 1980. If you ever meet him in person, super guy. Uh, love hanging out with him at the draft. Hopefully, we'll get to meet up again here, you know, soon at, at a game or a draft again. You know, I, th I think the Cowboys are you know, going to try to get back in the mix for it. So, appreciate you, bro. Hit up my, my boy here, Cowboys fan 1980. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for swinging on through. Um, but, yeah, man, so that one there, Connor Williams. The next player that I want to talk about, stock up, stock down, all right, CD Lamb, all right. I think this this is where you can get some some people arguing here and there. I don't know, but I want to get I want to see what you guys think. Stock up or stock down on CD Lamb? All right, uh, he broke a thousand yards. You know, so he's he's already you know beat his his uh, offensive output from last season. Um, but I think what uh, what is sticking out this season for CD Lamb are the the, the um, inordinate amount of drop catches you know a lot, a lot of drops i think i was listening to a show here the other day he was in the upper percentile like six percent drop rate or something like that opposed to like you know uh, justin jefferson some of these other guys are, are in the three percentile two percentile cd lamb at six percentile drop rate not good so uh you know um he and he had another one in in the game uh last week you know i Obviously, none of us were really complaining because we were destroying Washington, but he did have uh, another drop there. And I was just like, I wanted to tweet something, but I was like, ah, whatever, you know, we're, we're, we're whipping these guys up. But 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 nevertheless, you know, the, the drops are still happening there, and, I, he, and that's the only thing for me. So stock up or stock down on CD Lamb, or do you have him as a even, like not up or down, just kind of like, you know, doing his thing. Let me know what you guys think. Let's see what we got here in the chat box. Um, David Smith says down due to drops. Yeah, yep, I can see that. Primetime Phil, shout out to Primetime Phil. Hit up his channel. He's got a good channel going on there. He says even. I could see that as well. Let's see what else we got here, guys. Stock up or stock down on CD Lamb. Let me know in the comments or in the chat box. Just blaze, bro. I like that name. Stock up on Lamb. Okay. Tavis Banks says the dropsies. So let's see what else we got. Donnell Jenkins, what's up, bro? CD is for sure going to drop at least one ball a game. It's concerning, and I'm sure he's going to want his money in a few years. Great point, man, right? Like I, like I said in my last video, these years go by really quick, and by the time you know it, you're on top of the next big contract, right? So – uh, yeah, next year, year three, CD Lamb next year already, right? Um, you're coming up on um, Trayvon Diggs as well. The, the, these these big contracts are going to come fast and furious. Uh, and, and the Cowboys have been drafting relatively well in the early rounds. You know, they haven't missed much, you know, outside of Taco Charlton, really. But, uh, yeah, man, I think he's been dropping like two a game. It seems like I, especially lately, but definitely one for sure, which, which, which is really crappy. So for me, man, I'm, I'm, I'm between even I'm be, and then I'm between down now where he can improve. This is where you really turn the, turn it on in the playoffs, you know, turn it on in the big game, you know, 
right now I see CD Lamb still as a very good number two to a number one. Now I, I don't see him as a number one. Maybe he could slide into a number one, but he's got to get rid of the drop. The '88 club wasn't about drops, man. Like Michael Irvin, Des Bryant. Of course, they had drops in the career, but it wasn't like consistently. These guys were not consistently dropping the balls. You know, Drew, Michael, Des. They were not consistently dropping balls. So he, he's got to he's got to do something for that number '88. All right, but uh, I won't say much more on that. I love CD Lamb. I think he's a great player. I think he still can improve, but going into year three, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the money year, right? Year three, you know, we, we hear about it from coach Parcells, Tom Landry. If you don't see something by year three, it's never going to happen. So uh, hopefully he'll become that next level guy and he won't be a Terrence Williams type of player. I don't want that. So uh, a good conversation there, guys. Appreciate everybody in the chat box on that one there. Stock up, stock down. On another player that I want to talk about, and that is going to be Demarcus Lawrence. You know, the defensive end. You know, um, he got injured early on in the season, missed a big chunk of the season. You know, so some of those injuries are are kind of starting to stack up with the back, the knee, the foot again. But this defense, when he came back, really, really turned it on, man. I think he's been the catalyst to taking this defense to the next level, man. So for me, and I'll let you guys, you know, sh- you know, say in the comments in the chat box, stock up, stock down on DeMarcus Lawrence. Where do you have him right now? You know, as far as what you've seen during the course of the season and where we're at right now, what do you guys think on DeMarcus Lawrence? All right. For me, I have him as a stock up, uh, very up. And, you know, I, I think there's – you know, obviously, there, there's always the talk as far as like, you know, looking ahead as far as contracts, who who could be a, a cut, a surprise cut. And, you know, Lawrence with the big price tag, you know, will be one of those p- players that, that, that's talked about in the offseason, you know, whether it's the Dallas media or just the dead zone season where people don't really have much to talk about. It'll be a conversation, right, just because the, the price point is up there. People will always look at the sacks. And, and this sort of thing. But but for me, I almost feel like he's really earning himself, you know, to continue to stay on here. You know, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know that they'll release him. He's just been too much of an impact player for uh, for this defense. Like I said, a catalyst for the success here. I mean, plays the run really well. We know that. And uh, pressures, too. You know, I, I think pressures and hurries are, are a little bit of a of a stat that is uh, that is very underrated, you know, uh, affecting the passing lanes, you know, getting those hands up, stripping the ball, pressuring the player out, flushing him out the pocket, landing into Randy Gregory's zone, Michael Parsons. So uh, for me, I have a, a Demarcus Lawrence as a stock up for me, guys. Let me see what else, what you guys are saying here in the chat box, baby. Shout out to everybody here, man. Having a good time here. Donnell stock up. Never seen him as a sack guy, but he does everything else. Yeah, that, that's kind of what he is, right? I mean, that's that's really what he is I, at this part of his career. You know, um, he's 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 just really solid right there. Tavis up on him. Ruben, as far as his tank stock, way up. Difference maker. Yeah, I agree. De- definitely a difference maker. Even because he's been hurt all year. 
Yeah, that that's that's the only knock, right? That's really the only knock that I have on Demarcus Lawrence is the injuries, and that's you know how many how many snaps are you gonna get out of him at this stage of his career at that price point? And I think that's that's gonna be a discussion that the front office will discuss, but then they're gonna look at the production, the impact, and that sort of thing. So it's gonna be a very fun offseason. Mario Flores, D-Law stock is up. His play on the field showed how important he is. He makes impact plays, and the pressure he brings is huge. Yeah, I, I think he's really, really stepping it up, man. Really, really stepping it up. All right. Let's talk about this player here. I, I see a comment here that I want to talk about with you guys, and I, I think this is a good one to bring up. Stock up, stock down, Kelvin Joseph. Um. I didn't really have him on, on my list of players to discuss, but I, I, it is a good one. Kelvin Joseph, you know, they brought him along. He's They've been bringing him along on special teams. You know, we had the injury to Jay Lou, who has been – I think Jay Lou has been having a really solid season in the slot, uh, making plays, getting turnovers, this sort of thing. Just plays really scrappy football for us. I, I've always been a fan of Jay Lou. But with that injury – you know, you, you have some interchangeables here, right, with Anthony Brown moving into slot, bringing Kelvin Joseph on the outside, and uh, you see him, you know, make, making those those plays in, in the inside and on the outside. And I thought he did a, a relatively really good job, really important snaps in his young career, you know, in, in big-time games, right? I mean, th- this game with Washington, we had to have it, and you got to have all these games the rest of the way, Right. You basically, to get that Super Bowl, you cannot really take on any more losses, right? You're really going to have to run the table, and that's it. You win the trophy. So I thought he stepped up, man. I thought he's, he's done really well. I, I say stock up on Kelvin Joseph. Uh, for me personally, guys, let me know what you guys think about Kelvin Joseph. But, you know, that 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 closing speed that we that we saw from him out of Kentucky, um, it, you, you see it out there. You know, a, a player will catch the ball, and he's right on you. You know, he's right there in your back pocket. He's right there with you. So I, I really think that Kelvin Joseph, you know, getting these snaps this this late in the season are going to benefit him well. And he'll be a, a big part of, you know, the, this team's success, I think, even next season. So I think uh, stock up on Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin Joseph really looking good for me. I like what he's doing here. See what we got here for some of the comments here. So SK, Kelvin Joseph stock up, but don't fully trust him yet to replace AB. Great insurance policy for our secondary. Yeah, definitely great insurance policy. You know, um, yeah, you you know, you're definitely right. You know, you you probably don't want to have a rookie in the playoffs. You know, um, when it comes down to it. Uh, but you know, if if they they hold up and play well, then uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. Mario Flores, boss man, fat is up. Still need to see more before buying in. Yeah, and, and the thing for me, Mario, is the the only part that that I need to fully buy in is the off season, right? So we knew he had, you know, some of this baggage type stuff, you know, coming into the draft. You know, the choking of the coaches or whatever the rumors were. <laughs> you know, so there was those rumors that were floating up the pre draft, and um. I think he's a he's a really scrappy guy. I mean, we saw him get ejected out of the one game, but he he's you know he stood his ground, stood you know for Space you know. I thought that uh, you know he did his thing. You know he did his thing. 
Hey man, I, I got I got a guest co-host here joining up here. Let's join my bro here, Space Cowboy. What's up, Space? <laughs> Nothing much. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you coming in clear, Perfect. bro. Clear. <laughs> Thanks, Joe Rock, for bringing me on. Yeah, man. No, no problem at all. No problem. Been trying to get uh get back here with, with space and uh, talk about cowboys. So I thought, hey, let me shoot him a message. I know it's kind of last minute, so I appreciate you for for jumping on space but you know right now i'm just going over some stock watch on, on the, some of the cowboys players and where we're at right now is a kelvin joseph so i just want to hit you up where do you feel kelvin joseph's stock is here do you have it as, as up or down uh it's clearly up i think we were kind of waiting to see what he can do because i know in the preseason a lot of us were talking about well maybe he still needed to be registered i know that was the big topic of conversation it was him versus anthony brown but um, I really like what I see from him because you kind of get a sense of, like, if he continues to play well, now you have a dilemma of, okay, so who do you go with going forward, which is a good problem to have. I've never had this problem with the Cowboys in a while. So I really like Kelvin. I think that he brings great um, – the what's the word I'm looking for? He's the type of quarterback that uh, Dan Quinn's looking for. So I think that um, I would love to see how he does in the next year. So. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, definitely that that type of player, um, for sure. So, you know, I think that that pretty much covers you know some of the stock watch. There's other players that we could talk about, obviously, you know, Schultz and some other. But I think those are the main ones I really want to talk about. Um, but what I want to talk about now is the coach poaching, right? So, uh, the NFL has has opened it up for they can you know start interview process with coaches, and you know we got a couple of reports you know, from various outlets that, uh, you know, the Jaguars are interested in interviewing for their vacated uh, spot. You know, they, they canned Urban Meyer year one. <laughs> and, you know, so they're looking at Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. So, Space, let me hit you up on that right off the bat because I think this is very interesting news. Uh, if allowed, you know, and, and I don't know if the, this would – and I need to get clarification on this, but – is there permission? Do they need permission? Because it's a head coaching job. So it's an elevated position. It's not lateral move. Or could Jerry Jones shut that down? Do you know anything about that space? From what I heard, they did make a change to where they could do it a week earlier, but you can block it, I believe. Um, I'm not sure. Because I know we are aware of, like, you know, after a certain point, you can do it during the playoffs. But I think... Because I know I saw it on Twitter. There was a thing that said that you can block it. Clubs can block it. I'm mm. not sure how long that goes on for. I got to look at that because uh, I was planning to do a video on that later. But um, for me, I think you cannot lose Dan Quinn. I could, you know, I, as much as like, you know, I feel like that the Cowboys were kind of pulling their our legs for a bit with that offense. I think offensively speaking, you know, Kellen Moore still has that. Um, Jason Garrett, Scott Lenahan mentality of like they go into a shell and they go on the road because at home he pulls out all the breaks like we just saw last night. And that's why it's important for Dallas to get a higher seed. But that's another discussion. Hmm. But for me, if I if you're losing one of those guys, it's going to be Kellen. Moore, I would prefer as much as um I, I know he's young and he's still developing. Um, I mean, you got guys like Ben McAdoo. I know you've talked about him. Uh, ben hmm. McAdoo, you have Mike McCarthy. I've, you have an offensive minded coach so i think that he can take the reins or at worst you have ben mcadoo become your offensive coordinator um and people forget that he was solid i'm not saying that he should be the answer maybe you look elsewhere i don't know but you can't lose dan quinn especially what he's doing here 
Um, you know, and I think he even said it when he came here. Like, he was like, you know, I'm not looking for head coaching positions now. I'll see it when I believe it because I know yeah. some coaches like hold up all our legs. I heard uh, Doug Peterson's actually interviewing for the head coaching position with the Jags. So I think that um, I, I just don't know. I, it really depends on the ego because there's no salary cap on coaches, man. So Jerry will cut you a check if you if he wants to keep you. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. <laughs> he's going to be opening up this checkbook every year. It seems like he's going to have to redo these, these coaches. So, uh, yeah, gr- great take there, um, Space. And I'm with you. You know, if, if we were to lose one of them, I would I would prefer Keller Moore. And for exactly what you said, you know, he, this, he his pedigree, his where he's coming from is the Linehan, Jason Garrett mold. And yeah, he's he's had his moments where where this offense just was like the same old, same old. So he still has some of those signature plays that that never do anything. Like, and you know, everybody's like, oh, they're gonna break out the plays in the playoffs. Why wait to the playoffs? You know, <laughs> if you can execute it, execute it. Now, I mean, maybe there will be some of those plays, right? So, um, but uh, to lose Dan Quinn, I think that would be a major dent to the development of like Michael Parsons or you know of this defense because they're just rolling right now. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they travel well. And if your defense can travel well, you know, you have a shot in any of these games, whether you're, go- if you have to go to Tampa, if you have to go to green Bay, the defense can carry your team and just get something out of your offense. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting. You know, I don't think he'll go to the Jaguars. I, I think that's a dead end position there. Now I think, you know, for Kellen Moore, you know, maybe, you know, the attractive thing would be, you know, Trevor Lawrence. You know, you have a young, really solid quarterback who's – you got to shape him right now or else he's right. going to get ruined. So they – that uh, – the owner, Sean Khan, he, he's got to make the right coach. And I think it's got to be an offensive coach because high pick, right, right Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I can think all these guys. Right, and um, I think another thing, and I know people will say, well, it's the Jaguars, and da-da-da-da. It's n- when people get interviewed for head coaching positions, it's usually the quarterback position. If your quarterback position, if you have promise or you have a very good quarterback, you're going to probably be more lenient towards um, taking that position. I don't think Dan Quinn would take the Jacksonville job, and considering the fact that he's getting – possible job interviews I think is kind of like weird but I think the Jags like you said Joe and I agree they need someone to develop um uh Trevor Lawrence because he hasn't been looking so I understand he's a rookie and he doesn't have a lot to work with but you need to get that offensive guy in there but it's a lot more than just it's a lot more than just managing and developing your quarterback that's why I think Dan Quinn failed in Atlanta because he was doing a lot more than focusing on the defense. He kind of reminds me of uh, Wade Phillips, you know, um, very good defensive coordinator, but head coach, you know, he yeah. can only do so much. Yeah, and, and you hit it on the head when when you said like we heard about that in the in in the off season, you know, like he he sees himself more as a general with the troop, you know, with the troops in the trenches, and like you said, like we'll we'll, we'll see if if that is true or does money right. talk, but. I think one area I think that, that we need to keep an eye on is the situation in Seattle. He has a great con- Dan Quinn has a great connection there. Obviously, former you know DC over there with, with Seattle, and there's a lot of rumblings here. That there's going to be some shakeups. You know, does does um, do they do they do they fire the coach there, and do they bring back 
the young prodigal son, you know, the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, you know, bring him back home. You know, I'm I'm sure that that is kind of um, might be something that the Seattle fans are talking about. I have no idea, but that that's one team to keep an eye on there. Chicago, you know, I don't know that they're going to keep the coach there space. So um, there's, there's going to be some teams that are definitely going to (laughs) be knocking on the Cowboys doors. I think for both of our guys, you got to do something this year. And I said this, I think yeah. even um, I vividly remember having conversations with friends of mine who were Eagles fans. Listen, when you see the window open, you have to run and you have to get it because, you know, if you really think about it, they got screwed over, which for our benefit, though, Frank Reich is now in Indianapolis, which um, is great. But for us, if we end up losing both of them. Now you're having to kind of build everything back from scratch, the rapport with these guys and stuff like that. And, you know, there is a side to it where it's like, like you look at Kellen Moore, hey, you know, him and Dak have been together for a long time. But the part that kind of gets me is like, again, the wrinkles stop on the road. And this is something we've seen. This isn't like just this year. We've seen this ever since he got the offensive coordinator position uh, to begin with. He's always been in a shell when he goes on the road. And, and I think now that you have a defense that bails you out, it kind of mirror, like, you know, not mirrors, it masks all those mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. The, 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 a great defense can mask some of, some of the, uh, you know, the um, the offensive struggles here lately. But, man, they, they really looked really solid in this game with, with Washington. You know what I mean? It's a divisional game, so they're you know you you expect division games to be, you know, uh, twelve round, you know, boxing matches, right? But this was a complete blowout. But I mean, the the frequency of pressure was like nonstop. I, I hadn't seen I haven't seen that in in years. Like I want to think like back to the nineties, to be honest. Like even when we had. You know, Demarcus Ware, Hatcher, Ratliff. Yeah, those were really good defenses, but some of those went hot and cold. You know, these ones seem like it's like ferocious, nonstop, four quarters. Um, yeah, it, it's been really good. Right, and I've I've had people talk, you know, in conversations that I've had, I would say this is the best defense I've seen since 09, but the thing that people forget is that in 09, the pass rush was good, but the coverage and the linebackers were very – Mm-hmm. hit or miss that's why we got killed in that minnesota game a lot of people forget about that oh, yeah. so i think this is the most complete defense you've had and that's something that you need especially going into a tournament where it's anybody's game and that's where i think it plays to the cowboys advantage because and i don't again i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves if that's what we're talking about um but yeah i mean you're going into a tournament with winning football defensive elite defensive play and the running game, I think, is going to be – because I heard they're trying to go for a 50-50 split, which I think will work. I think I like what their approach is. So. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's where they got to look at. You know, I was looking at Zeke's stats this year. You know, what, where are they at? And you can definitely see, you know, um, the, the splits have, have really helped, you know, him recover here, especially late. So you can get a fresher Zeke, you know, to, to be that physical, you know, guy that's going to, you know – pound out that the defensive line in the playoffs. I think that's great. And um they 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 look better. They look better. I won't say they look great, but you know, getting Tony Pollard more involved, I think is is a key to this thing. You know, to keep mm-hmm. that those defenses uh you know on their heels really because Tony Pollard is a different kind of back, right? 
Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be what really wins you playoff games if you end up doing so because you can see how much of a difference maker he is on special teams. Um, I know he got the one uh, kick return, which, you know, is like a once in a while, but still, like, it, he has played very well there. He gives you a home run ability we haven't had with Zeke in years um, because they're using Zeke more like that ground and pound guy, which I like. I think that what you're seeing here is what we were looking at when uh, back then with Marion Barber and Felix Jones. This is like it coming to its fruition mm-hmm. um, with hard hitting and that lightning speed type of uh, dual threat, which um, if you're not going to run Dak anymore, is something you're going to need from your rushing attack. Um, so, that, that, and again, just as long as you can control time of possession and strike quick, this team is going to be hard to beat, man. And I, I've never said that about Cowboys team in quite some time. Yeah, no, for sure. They're, they're definitely a, a matchup nightmare on, on both sides of the ball, especially like a defense. Like, how do you stop, you know, that, that ferocious front? You know, Gallimore, Randy Gregory, Parsons, D-Law, Osa. I mean, uh, I mean, Leighton Vanderish, it seems like he's playing better now as well. I mean, um, it, they just look – it was a beautiful side. I just hope that they keep it going. I don't want them to, to let up. You know what I mean? I want them to consistently do this and really put it to the team space. Um one thing I want to talk to you uh, about as well while we're talking about this is um, PFF released their little uh, uh, thing here on the odds for comeback player of the year, and they have it with Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Nick Bosa, right? So right now they have Dak Prescott as the favorite as negative 650, and then Burrow at 450, and Bosa at 1600. <coughs> Do you think that that uh, Dak Prescott is going to lock up this comeback player of the year? I think he will because of the narrative. And I think that when you look at how the Cowboys are looked at as a team with how glorified they are, it's the story behind it, right? When Joe Burrow got hurt, you know, people were like, damn, that sucks. But it was just the generic. And I'm not trying to play it into this, but it's just I'm trying to – because the media votes on that, so I'm trying to kind of tap into what they would think. When Dak got injured, it was just like, oh, my God, is he going to play again? Now he's coming back and he's playing the best football we've ever seen. He just needs two touchdowns to pass his career high. And, he's again, he's having one of the most efficient, best seasons he's had as a Cowboy uh, in his young career. Um, I think he's got it on lock considering, and this is another thing, the Cowboys are going to be at minimum a top three seed in the conference. The the Bengals are still fighting for a playoff spot. That's no disrespect to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, a great young quarterback, I should add. But I think you got to give it to Dak given the circumstances of the Cowboys. They went from a below 500 team to a possible Super Bowl contender with him. So yeah. I think he's going to get it. I think so, too. I think it would be a two-man race. I don't even really count Nick Bosa. I mean, that's a great story. I think he's a really good, you know, defender, no doubt, you know. But, um, yeah, Dak Prescott, you know, I think we'll, we'll end up with it. You know, they're going to get in the playoffs. Hopefully we get deep in the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, I think his injury was a lot more gruesome than uh, than Joe Burrow's. I know he tore up his, his knee or whatever it was. But, I mean, this one with Dak, I mean, it was a – compound fracture the bone stuck out you know it was nasty you know what i mean it was really nasty so 
but I still think, you know, even that, I think Dak Prescott is still recovering from that. I don't think he has the full mobility or maybe the confidence in running sometimes, but it might be like a two-year, you know, full recovery thing. Like, I think yeah. maybe next season he'll, he'll be 100% back to, you know, running around more. All right. I know Joe Theismann, um, he kind of talked about it with his injury. It took him about a year or two for him to get over it, which I think anybody that's – understanding would get the sense of look Dax going through his thing right now he's going through a lot and you know yes I get it he's made some mistakes in these games which no one's perfect but I think the fact that you're getting this kind of quarterback at the level you're getting at coming off that injury is still really freaking good if you mean to tell me that in two years he could play even better like I'll take it Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that's gonna be a, a great thing there for sure. Uh, another thing for here for PFF, uh, talking about the number one linebacker. All right, who is it? According to them, Michael Parsons. You know, number one in the whole um, amongst all linebackers, eighty-four point eight score. All right, first with pressures, sixty pressures from the linebacker position, and thirteen sacks also first. So a clean sweep there in those three categories, a number one linebacker in the NFL, according to PFF. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about Michael Parsons' impact here with you, Space, as far as like, you know, I know you, you, you've you mentioned you're a Penn State fan, so you, yes. you, you, really had a, a, you had a front row seat to this, you know. So I just want to pick your, your brain on this as far as like, are you surprised of, of, of Michael Parsons' success from Penn State to where he's at in the league? Because I know we didn't see so much of, you know, coming off the edge at Penn State, you know. So, you know, we, we knew that there was some capability here. But what is your thought as far as, like, where he's come from to where he's at now? Are you surprised? Are you not um, surprised? What's scary is that um... – when I saw him play at Penn State, you know, I thought they were going to make him – well, when he came out, like, he was going to be a defensive end. They got him as a defensive end. When they started playing him at linebacker, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. Because, like, I've never seen a guy, like, develop as quick as he has. Mm. Um, because for me and, – and it sucked when he held out or, you know, with the whole COVID situation because we just <laughs> – defensively showed you how impactful he is. He, like, when he was getting towards becoming eligible for the NFL draft, I I, I didn't say it on Twitter because I kind of uh, – I, I watch college football in a different realm of just to myself. But when I saw it, I was like – if and I kind of thought – I'm like, if he played in 2020, this guy would have gone top five without a doubt. Like, he is doing things that I'm not shocked about because he showed those glimpses. The part that's kind of like – important is the coverage stuff i said before the draft if or rather after the draft if he's going to become that awesome player he needs to learn how to cover because i thought they were going to play him at linebacker but with how things are going i'm not shocked and i think with dan quinn it's helped him because like i he's doing things i've never seen <laughs> a defensive player or a defensive rookie do you know yeah. covering playing cornerback you know i think that he is uh, one of the, aside from Saquon, like one of the best talent I've seen come out of Penn State in a long time. There's a reason they're called linebacker U, and he's another part of that lineage. And he's probably the best linebacker I've seen play for Penn State. And it's no, no recency bias. I've seen, you know, the Navarro Bowmans, the Sean Lees, and stuff like that. 
but he's a different type of guy. He is a true hybrid. He is setting a new example for the linebacker position. Like, people want to say he's the next LT. No, he's going to be the next Micah Parsons because he's doing things that in the modern NFL you really haven't seen. He's Remember, what was it, Isaiah what was it Simmons, the guy that Arizona picked up? He's yeah. being what people thought he would be. Like, Isaiah Simmons is what Micah Parsons is right now. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's really cool to see it. So. That's great. That's that's good. Good insight there from a Penn State <laughs> fan there from space. Uh, man. So, yeah, I think that the, the impact has been like crazy. Like, you know, if you think about the options that we had on the board or, you know, we know that they probably wanted one of the cornerbacks if they fell. But would they have been this impactful? You know what I mean? I don't know if they would have. I mean, it sure would be badass to have <laughs> Trayvon and then, you know, uh, Sertan. Uh, or um, what was the other one? Shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, here. Horn. You're talking yeah, about or J.C. Horn. I mean, that that would be an awesome duo. But to get him here, to, I mean, trade down and still get him, and you make a trade with with uh, the Eagles, right? You you you. You know what's even better though is the fact that if I remember who. Was it at 11? I think uh, the Giants traded down with the Bears, too. So I think people forget that. The Giants could have taken Micah Parsons, but they didn't. Um, but I think that when you look at it, uh, the reason Diggs is doing a lot better is because, and I preach this on my channel, is that when pass rush is good, your DBs play a lot better and get a lot more interceptions because quarterbacks are more prone to throwing interceptions. Now Diggs is just doing things like even without the pressure and stuff like that. But for him to have to, for Micah to be there in, you know, this kind of continues to build the case for defensive player of the year. You know, I'm not saying this because of the bias that I have as a Penn state fan, even as a Cowboys fan, the part is, is that I don't see T.J. Watt changing a defense like that or doing things like Micah Parsons is doing. Same thing with Miles Garrett. They're traditional full-time pass rushers. Micah Parsons has like 13, 13 and a half sacks with part-time like pass rushing, yeah. which is unbelievable. I've never seen that no, from a player like that. That I mean, that, that's a great point. And I think if you were to break those numbers down, each each rush attempt – He's got to be getting to the quarterback more than these other guys because they're getting attempt after attempt after attempt every down, four downs to rush. And in him, it's not every single down he's rushing. So, yeah, I I, I mean, this could be scary if he's an every down rusher. Like, what could his sack number be? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it'll be interesting to see that in the offseason. I think yeah. this will be a conversation that people will have as far as, like, who do we bring back? Is there any surprise cuts? Do they move him here? This and that. Do we get another linebacker? <clears throat> do we go to Penn State and get Brandon Smith? You know, I, mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So. <laughs> I've, I've liked I've liked what I've seen from him, bro. I, I really have. I think that would be another great one. So, and I think that they'll be in, in the market for another one. I, I I really really like what Jabril Cox was really, you know, uh, getting towards. I thought I think he's going to be a big part of, of the team, you know, next season as well. But can never have enough of these guys. So, yeah. um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, speaking of of that. Um, as far as you know, um, the game space, just just real quick, and uh, we'll, if anybody has any questions, put them in the chat box, and we can do some some Q and A here. 
got any questions for space, hit us up in the chat box and we'll 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 put it on the screen. But uh, real quick, uh, space on on the Arizona game. What um what's your thought on on this game? Just just as far as like what do you, what do you expect? What Cowboys team is going to come out here against Arizona? You're gonna I'm gonna be honest. You're gonna get the same team that we've seen play at home, uh, minus the Denver game. I think that Dallas at home is a different breed of dangerous. And you know I I think it's gonna be a combination of Dallas doing well and Arizona slumping. Um. You know, with them losing DeAndre Hopkins, they haven't been scoring as much. And I know that uh, the Cowboys kind of struggle with the mobile quarterbacks. But for me, and I'm going to just go off of what I saw what Brian Broaddus was talking about with uh, uh, Skywalker Steele over on uh, A to Z uh, Sports. Um, You brought up a good point in that you want to make Arizona one-dimensional because, and we saw this. In the Rams game, we've seen this um, in several games where if you have multiple scores on them, they panic, and they're trying to throw themselves back into the game, which Kyler Murray can't really do with what he's given. Mm-hmm. He's still a solid quarterback. He's a good quarterback, and I think that anybody um, looking at it, like if you're going to give Dak the problems of the slump considering like we didn't have our weapons, I could say the same thing for Kyler. But yeah. it's just the, it, but yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, and it's just like um, for Kyler, he's in a, and rather the Cardinals are in a do or die situation because if we beat them and the Rams win, they lose the division. So I think it's going to be even sweeter to not only beat a playoff team who's got ten wins, but this is going to be your playoff tune-up game, right? You know, you have two games, and I, you know, to continuously get everything right. I do believe Dallas will beat Arizona. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but if it is, depending on how it's done, it's going to say a lot of where this Cowboys team is. I like what Mike McCarthy is doing. And, you know, hey, let's celebrate right now for like an hour or two, but we have better and more bigger things to worry about. And Dallas is in play for that number one seed. We could see a massive shakeup in Week 17. It's not hard to see, like, maybe Dallas ends up being the number one seed. We just need one Green Bay loss, and we just take care of our business. I, I say this, and I said this on my channel, and I know I might be being a bit forthcoming. If Dallas gets the number one seed and they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, I don't see a team beating them. Like, honestly, they're just way too big at home. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe I'm just being too optimistic. I mean, but the, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to the success of other Super Bowl teams. I never said they're gonna win it. I don't listen. We'll we'll wait there, but <laughs> but I but I think it's important to get that number one seed or yeah. sec or the second seed. And the only way you're gonna do that is if you win out, and you got to hope the Rams either win out or Tampa Bay loses at least one more game. Um, yeah, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, these last two weeks are gonna be very interesting because there's still a lot to play for, like you said. And uh, if you if you should just stay at that number two, you, that's good because you're probably going to host two games anyway, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, and then, then may, maybe the number one seed, you know, messes up, you know, and, and then you end up getting the championship game at, in your stadium. So I think that number two is really, really important for the Cowboys to stay focused and, and clinch that and let uh, the Packers and Vikings. I mean, I could see an upset there. Those guys play each other really tough. So, um, but either way, I think if you come out of this with a number two, I think you're, you're, you're in the driver's seat. You know what I mean? Take care of business. Take that traveling defense. You know, if Green Bay's still up, then go right. up. And, 
What I think is going to be a very, and I think that this is important, these next two games. You're getting a playoff team in Arizona, and say what you want about Philadelphia. I think that they're in a situation to where they are running the football exceptionally well with Jalen Hurts and that running attack because now they learned, hey, if run the football, we'll do good things, which they should have been doing to begin with. But that's going to be huge for Dallas. And I think a lot of people are not really seeing that because yeah. – if you're facing a team that can run the – like Philly's like the number one rushing team in the league, and if you could shut them down, that will fully answer my questions. And I think that – you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, it's just Philly because, again, you don't want to be playing the teams that run the football very well and play good defensive football in the playoffs. Or if you do, you better be playing better, um, which I'm not saying Dallas would lose the Philly. I think Dallas would take care of Philly at home especially. Yeah. Um, my, th- my thing is, is just, you got to be battle tested for these things. And I think can, considering that Dallas needs to win out. And I think that there are some Philly fans think, Oh, well, make listen, it, we can <laughs> knock them out of the playoffs. And that would mean nothing. That would be the greatest thing ever for Dallas to get the number one seed by and knocking out Philadelphia, the playoffs, that'd be the best final week of the season ever. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd, that'd be great. That would be great, and I and I really do wonder how how these last games shape up. Could it be a, a situation where the Cowboys, you know, do have some things you know clinched up, and do you do you let Philly you know kind of linger and then or clinch a, a wild card spot, or do you give them the knockout blow and then maybe you face Minnesota again or San Francisco? I I, I see that number seven being a three a three headed race, you know, with you know. The 49ers, Minnesota, possibly, and and uh, Philly. So, right, it'll be interesting to see if there's anything on the line as far as do you want to let them in and possibly <laughs> face them. You know, oh that, that no, no, game. you never want to do that because um, you don't know what can happen. And I think that for me, I I'm a, a full go to pedal to the metal. I don't care yeah. who's in front of you because. Think about it this way, and we saw this 2014, right? We had a chance to, to get home field advantage in the last week of the season if certain teams lost and stuff like that. It went down to the very end, and Dallas beat the brakes off of Washington, 44-17 to 17 or something like that. I want to see the exact same thing happen because if you get a game on wild card weekend, you want to take that momentum home and then face a New Orleans, face a Minnesota team because, you know, if you're facing one of those teams, I'm not scared. You know, sure, it's a playoff team, so you don't know what can happen. But for me, if you can get a matchup against New Orleans, that would be extremely favorable, considering oh, yeah. the fact that, you know, I understand that they'll probably have Kamara for that game, but they don't have the quarterback to take you the, the extra steps. Yeah. And um, offensively, they can't keep up with Dallas. Same thing, like I said about Arizona. If you could put up points and you make teams one-dimensional, it makes your defense so much easier to do their job so man you know um that's a great point about uh you know new orleans because they don't have a quarterback even if they get their starter back whoever the heck it even is so it's like you know that it's hard against against this this, this front and it just is mm-hmm. so um uh, i feel good about it. i mean if it's minnesota we know about kirk cousins we we've we have so much footage on him you know the scouts and everybody so um turnovers from interceptions this type of thing and uh but i mean this 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 team i want to see it i want to see it too space like i want to see come out sharp 
you know, against Arizona and then come out sharp again against uh, Philly. You know what I mean? And uh, knock them out. Make, they give them the yeah. final blow. You know, just don't let them linger around. Hey, listen, you can rest players. Like, if you beat the crap out of them like we did Washington, I don't have a problem with resting players. Um, but you need to get the job done before you can rest players. So I, I think that should be the approach because uh, 2016, we kind of let our foot off the gas towards the end of the season. And you kind of saw that. I don't see that with this team. I think McCarthy has their head on straight because of his experience in the playoffs, and he understands the the circumstances where Dallas is at because they can't afford to trip up. You cannot afford to trip up, especially with how important that number one seed is. You only got one team that can get it. If we were still in the old playoff format, have a different type of conversation. I think that Dallas would be like, okay, you know what, maybe we can just, you know, we can relax, but no. You need to go full throttle here. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why the NFL, you know, and NFLPA agreed to do this. You know, I think it adds another level of intrigue because we see it all the time. There's always an upset in, this, in these opening rounds every time. And, you know, the number one seed a lot of times gets knocked out as well. So I think um, where we're at, you know, however it ends, we're going to be in good shape with that defense. And I think we just got to handle our business. Mm-hmm. And we'll be in the hunt, baby. We'll be in the hunt. Uh, guys, if we got any, any questions or comments, let me see what we got here in the chat box. We got any Q&As here. Any, any questions that stand out here to you, Space, if you see anything here? Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Um, I see Colton Primus. I don't know if it's even valid at this point, but what do you think they'll do with Jarwin? Um, For me, I think that – this is tough because I don't know what to say other than, listen, he hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. You know, Dalton Schultz has proven to you, like, he's been the answer of you get a vertical threat tight end, which I've been wanting for a long, long time. Jarwin is that. I'm not saying he is. But he's just not dependable. And I wouldn't be shocked if you're Dallas. You had to be like, you know what, let's let Jarwin walk and let's grab. Let's, let's give Dalton Schultz his bag. But then again... He's going to get a lot of money, probably. So, I mean, you could go into next year's draft and draft a tight end, which I wouldn't be opposed to either. I think that it's um, if you're going to roll with Jarwin and keep him because of the money you gave him, you're going to need to give him a partner in crime. Is Sean McEwen that? Maybe. Um, I've seen glimpses, but I, I would be more comfortable if you either re-sign Schultz or find a way to do that or draft a guy. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one there. You know what I mean? A tight end. You know how much how much are you willing to spend on that? The cap is going up as well, so I think a lot of these contracts are gonna surprise people because I think some of the numbers will, will be higher than than what some people are expecting. Like, you know, I think if somebody's thinking you're gonna get Schultz for like five or six million dollars, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be higher than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting, you know. Like I, I agree with you, Jarwin to me, you know, has had uh, splashes here, but but not enough consistency. He seems to be injury prone, you know, to be a hundred percent. I think mm-hmm. that he's uh, not the most durable player, you know. Uh, blocking is questionable, although we saw uh, who's that idiot Arlovsky <laughs> saying that, you know, get Jarwin back to me. I was like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. That made me laugh because it proved my point that they don't know what they're talking about. But I see a comment here from Primetime Phil. He said, McEwen seems like the same pedigree, just staying healthy issues. Need to find a safety blanket 
for Dak and Schultz. Who said it? Someone else said it where I agreed. Uh, yeah, in Cleveland Brown. Some Cowboys YouTubers saying McEwen is to be that guy. He has yet to prove. He has to prove more. Uh, I agree. I think he's in the. He was in. He's in the same position Schultz was in before Schultz mm -hmm. got his time. And if McEwen can do the same thing Schultz can do, that's awesome. But um, you know, I think that you kind of need to maybe get a younger guy um, in here. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I think you can't go wrong with drafting, you know, especially if you're going to have them walk and get a, like a comp pick. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they do love those comp picks. Flat matrix with the super chat. Appreciate you. Flat matrix. Green Bay lost at home last year to Tampa Bay defense in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. They did get knocked out. Dallas has an even better defense than Tampa Bay's last year. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's right there it, with it them. Is. I would agree with that because with, you know, and, and for me, the thing with Tampa's defense, why it was so good was because, you know, Devin White was such an integral piece to that defense along with those other guys like Anton Winfield Jr. It was, it was a, a real good – and uh, the Dominican Sue as well. With Dallas's defense, I think – what gets them is that their speed all around the defensive yeah. side of the ball. So that's why I would say they're better. Now, I I will say that if Dallas had to go to Green Bay today and play, I think they would win a game in Green Bay because Green Bay has not been playing convincing playoff football. I understand they got Aaron Rodgers, but when you looked at who they played and the fact that they nearly lost both those games, they really should have. I'm not scared of Green Bay as much as years past, though. But again – there's a this could be the year like listen you could exercise the demons this year and trust me man it would be the storyline of the decade to have mike mccarthy versus aaron Rodgers nfc championship game yeah like that would <laughs> that'd be great it would be amazing bro and i'm i'm, I'm here for it i can't i mean i i want to say i can't wait because we got a lot we got a lot to get to get there but step you know, by step if so. you did, if you did get there, it would be it would be an amazing, you know, uh, storylines all across the board. You know what I mean? I, I for me, I just want to, I do want to face them. I want to beat them because I'm. They just like always had our number here over the last mm -hmm. decade. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that would be beautiful. It would mean nothing more to just put the uh, nail in the coffin and the Mike McCarthy was made by Aaron Rodgers storyline. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, would. Let's Appreciate you, Pat Matrix. Appreciate David that super chat, bro. He's saying drafting a middle linebacker, Devin Lloyd, so Mike could be a hybrid. Um, I don't know, Joe. What do you think? Uh, I think that they're going to, I mean, uh, the Vanderesh, you know, they're talking about that, that number could be affordable, you know, just, just based off, you know, would he find a, a big deal if he were to leave Dallas and that he may not, you know, it might be like a Terrence Williams thing where they go out, don't find the deal that they want and they just stay here. And I, I think there's, there's, I think there's a good, um, you know, I think he's like, a, he has a, a good little spot for him on this defense you know, if you keep them clean, you know what I mean? And and, and I think you're getting that with, with Gallimore and Osa and Watkins. I think, you know, they're letting him play a little bit more, you know, clean where these guys aren't getting the second level and blowing them up anymore. So that that's a lot of the success that we're seeing from some of the linebackers here. So, right. but ultimately, you know, if you can get an upgrade there, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I think Devin Lloyd, you know, Brandon Smith, like I said, and 
there'll be other ones that will be in the mix that uh, will be an upgrade. You know, I mean, uh, with, uh, for me, I want to get away from the guys that, that come with with injury tags because right. they haven't been caught. They stay hurt exactly. They stay uh, yeah, hurt. I mean, yeah, like for Van Der Esch, I wouldn't mind keeping him around for depth purposes, but another part of me that kind of, um, I, you know, I'm forgetting as well is that we need to, like, I like that they kind of purge the Jason Garrett mentality with a lot of these players, um, yeah. you know, and I think that, um, you know, as much as I love Jalen Smith, I felt like he was a part of that type of culture where it was more mm-hmm. like white collar instead of blue collar type of thing. He's a great person. I don't want to make it seem like I'm yeah. like racked all on him because I, I yeah. love Jalen Smith. I got his jersey for a reason. He's a great human being. But um, I wouldn't mind getting another linebacker early, um, especially well, – I mean, it depends on what happens this offseason because I don't really like talking about drafting this guy and this guy until we see what the Cowboys do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have we do have Jabril Cox, so maybe you know that that alleviates some pressure there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I saw one here from Primetime Phil going back to uh, tight end. What tight end in this year's draft recently can come in and develop like Schultz did? Need his replacement. The guy that I liked last year who went back to school was the Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert. I think he's he's a really solid tight end. Can block. Can be a wide tight end. Uh, good hands. He's one of my favorites. You know what I mean. And there'll be others that, that come along in, in this draft process once we get more of the declarations, which are, which are coming right now. So um, that's one that that I really like. Uh, just just real quick off off the cup here. But you, you have any other tight ends uh, space that you like? Who's the guy from Texas A&M? Jalen, like the weird last name. Yeah, no, no. Is it is it uh, is Wiedemeyer? Wiedemeyer or something? I really like him, but I kind of want, like I said, like I don't really start looking fully into these guys, like especially at like positions we can kind of find out second nature until after we made our moves. Like I would say. Um, once they make a decision on Schultz, I'll start being like, okay, we need to get this guy or this guy. Because, like, um, they need to get someone else in there. I don't care if they keep Schultz. I think that you should get another guy. I, I'm not saying early. At that point, mm-hmm. <laughs> bring back yeah. Schultz. But the guy from Texas a has really – I have taken a liking to him, but I'll have to see other guys around before I fully – Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen him too. So those are two there for two primetime. Phil, appreciate the question. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, there we go. Eric Montoya, appreciate that there. Tied in out of Carolina. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we hit about the hour mark here. Appreciate uh, Space Cowboy 17 for coming through, man. Longtime friend of the channel. Appreciate yes. you, bro. Uh, like I said, uh, apologize for the last minute. I was just like, hey, let me, you know, let's see. You know, maybe he, maybe he's free. So I'm <laughs> glad you're here, bro. Off, so. <laughs> so it worked out. So it worked uh, but out, Joe, right. thank you so much for having me on. Uh, hopefully we keep uh, keep this train rolling here in Dallas and we get that number one seat. Hopefully we're lucky and it's just we need a win and we get it. So <laughs> let's get it, man. Let's get it. Let's just, just keep this ball rolling, man, because I want a championship here. I want – some of the players that have been here for a while to get a ring, Tyron, Zach, Martin. I mean, 
Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, some some of our aging veterans that we continue to sap the talent out of. We gotta <laughs> get these guys a ring, man. So I what's gonna piss me off though is if we win a championship this year, the fact that LP isn't on the roster. Man, they should give him a ring, honestly, considering the fact of how long he's been with the team. Like, I, I feel bad. Like, as I know if they do it, I'm going to feel bad because someone wasn't here. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that. That's true, man. That guy was a legendary, one of the last Parcells guys. But, Space, appreciate you again. Appreciate everybody in the chat box. Make sure you guys pound the like button on your way out. Space, let everybody know where they can find you if they haven't already, bro. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on YouTube at SpaceCowboy17 or on Twitter uh, at the handle at SCowboy17. Rod, thank you so much for having me on. And hopefully this isn't the last time I'm on. Obviously, I'll be back sometime. <laughs> for sure. For sure, bro. For sure. All right, guys. But that's all we have tonight. We'll see you for the next one. Peace out. On one side, but that guy on the other. I want to see more of that, man. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I, you know, it would be crazy, like.